What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Survivor Now podcast. And holy crap, there's a lot of new here. Yes, we've got a kind of a new look, a new set. Now we have names. You know who we are. Uh, we have a new hashtag. Make sure to use the hashtag SMP on Twitter, and we'll try to see some of those messages. We have a live chat now. You guys can now chat with us, and we'll answer some questions that you may leave at the end of the episode as well. But we are here to recap episode five of Survivor 44. And of course, I cannot do this alone. So I am joined by two incredible guys tonight. First off, he is back. The number one Yam Yam fan, it appears. Jam Jam. Jam how do you guys not know how to say his what name yet? Guys, I got like right five episodes time. in. Gabler called him Yam Yam the entire episode, and I was too nervous to correct Gabler to his face. But Randy, I will make fun of you for calling him I Yam Yam. I think the only reason I did that is I listened to Gabler and Abraham get it wrong so many times that it just drove into my head. Abraham corrected but me last time, too. I know. I'm just, oh, man, we're off to a great start. But yes, I am joined by the number one Jam Jam fan, Will. Will, how are we doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, Randy. Love Survivor. Uh, Another incredible Survivor episode, and Absolutely. we are also joined by our resident basketball player, right? I think that's what you did with the sport. We no, are joined by Josh. Right Josh, God, I'm just no. full of mistakes tonight. How are you doing, man? I'm good. No, you definitely would not want to see me play basketball. I'm good. Uh, definitely a great episode to go live. Uh, flawless yeah. right out of the gate. Oh man. And, and of course, I mean, he already mentioned it. We're live. And that is crazy to think about just because, you know, we've tested live out a couple times with, with zoom, but now we're using StreamYard, a new service where it's much easier to kind of control everything. So it, it, it's super nice. And if you see me, like if it takes me time and I'm scrolling through, it, it, it's going to take some time to get used to this, but eventually we're going to get to the point it's flawless. So definitely, be patient with us as we work out this new programming, but we're excited to finally go live. And like I said, you guys can comment in the chats and we'll try to point out your comments throughout the episode. So, all right, gentlemen, let's get into this episode, right? Because we were debating this before going on air is apparently we have a different viewpoint about how we view this episode because Josh and I really loved it but Will I'll let you get stuff off your chest here before we actually dive into the episode you said you didn't enjoy the episode so looking back and as I'm looking through my notes I think I said that a little post taste uh or I said it quickly I, I'm not the biggest fan of this episode because I think it built up for a very electric tribal there's a lot of great moments and then immediately we got just sniped with the Matthew. Uh, was it a walk? Was it a pool? Mixture of both. Like, I think he it's it's like Dana from Philippines. Anywho. But like at the same time, too, as I'm looking back, it's kind of obvious this was going to happen between this episode starting with Matthew, you know, talking to people about how in pain he is and how that kind of affects the rest of the episode. As, as painful as it was. I mean, Josh, did the episode sour a little bit because we didn't, you know, this kind of came out of nowhere. It didn't because everyone's looking at the time and we're all like, well, there's only five minutes left. Is Tribal Council actually going to happen? But then you see Jeff come on the boat and we didn't actually get to see Matthew make the decision. He said he was mulling it over. He said he was trying to decide what was best for him and his situation with the pain. But 
Would it have been a little better if we cut to Ratu and saw him actually make that decision? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I really liked this episode. Um, you know, there's the saying, you can't please all the people all the time. And sometimes I feel like all of those people are Will. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Will, ha- you, yeah, have, you. you have admitted that you are a hater of the show while it's on. So I like kind of need to but I love the off with, season. A, with a grain of salt or like eight grains of salt. <laughs> no, I thought it was a Very really nice. interesting episode. There's so many people that people that complain about we don't get to see tribe dynamics. There's too many advantages, yada, yada, yada. This was an hour of almost nothing but tribe dynamics, talking strategy. You know, we had a, a send three people to an island. And just as I was ready to be like, oh, my God, you cannot be telling me we're going to have more advantages in this game. They got the like, oh, no game for you today. Just get to know each other, exchange information which I think is always a good idea because you're always going to shake things up, right? We saw Carolyn did a great job of using it to shake things up. And I was like, okay, they didn't like, they haven't gone totally over the deep end with advantages. They've recognized that like, maybe there's enough in the game right now and we can just, you know, pull the like, oh, no game for you. Um, I thought it was a great episode. I thought we got to see pretty much everybody featured in some way. Uh, we got to see, you know, the the update of the Franny mat relationship we got to see carson building some new relationships we got to see this really interesting dynamic uh with carolyn josh and jam jam um i thought it was a great episode and i thought it was a really nice deviation from advantage get in two challenges all squeezed into an hour um and i think if you've been complaining about all that stuff then you better say you love this episode I mean, I will say we can go right into the Tika tribe and we'll we'll touch base with Matthew and his accent a little bit later on, um, because like there's not much to say there. Like we we saw it coming kind of for a couple of weeks now. We saw the pain continue to get tougher for him. And uh, throughout this entire episode, it, it came apparent to at least myself that he was going to end up leaving. But let's talk about this Tika tribe, because one thing. I think it's really interesting is the tribe dynamics this season. It's like three different tribes. You have Soka who is, they're all meditating. They're all feeling amazing. They all, exactly. They're all in harmony. You have Ratu who they are just totally geeking over everything like Dungeons and Dragons, Game of Thrones. I'm loving it. And then finally you have Tika, which is a hot mess. And it gets even better this episode because while Carolyn's going to be the star once again, and we're going to get to the twist that was the sanctuary once again. I mean, we got to talk about when she came back, she was like falling back in jam jams arms. And then we see Josh pull out this fake idol and both of them are just like, this is BS, right? Like you don't think we are actually this stupid Josh. I'll go to you first. This was I love this because Jam Jam just called him out immediately and said, aren't those the bags from tree mail? We in our preseason cast assessment. And by we, I'm going to say that graciously because I think it was some other members of this podcast. were very high on Josh pregame. His name was Josh. So, you know, I was excited too. I think he has not, had the greatest time out there in terms of lying about 
hit what he did for a living and automatically casting some suspicion on him and then pulling out this fake idol, which using the same paper, like, I think you got had to put a little more effort into it and showing the same paperwork you just showed two days prior and then like using the beads from tree mail and then getting caught on it is like, oh, I feel bad for him. He seems like a really great guy, but like those are, that's tough. That's going to make it really tough. Um, oh, we have a comment. Thanks, Ooh, Amy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I just wanted to put it out there because Amy said, I agree with Josh. Enough with the new idols and advantages. I like this one. And then she goes on to agree with you even more by saying Josh's fake idol and jam jam. I mean, the laughing faces is exactly how we feel. And it, it's it's just let me just say that I have to apologize because I was way wrong for our cast assessment. You pointed out, Josh, that. A few of us were a bit high on Josh. I said after this season, Josh is going to end up being a top 10 player of all time. <laughs> I made that prediction. No. And I don't even think that's possible anymore. If Josh goes no. on to have the greatest post-merge game we've ever seen, I, I don't think he's well, done enough. <laughs> I, I will say, too, with that, I don't think it's possible for the like the top 10 best players to be a one-time player, especially in a newer season. I feel like Legacy... And being able to look back on their seasons in retrospect, I think does play a huge part in like enabling the top 10. So I don't, I don't see a world, even if Josh played a really good game without his just obvious lies um, that he would be a top 10. I will say though, that I feel like Josh is a prime example of just knowing when to just tell the truth in survivor. I feel like people, again, they get wrapped up in this idea. They're like, Oh, I'm a survivor. I have to lie about every facet of my life. I think yes, Josh being a surgeon would have been like this crazy, you know, thing where everyone's gonna be like, oh my God, let's vote him out. At the same time, though, I don't think it would have that much of an impact. And I think if he was more truthful, then no one would care. But since he lied and people knew he was lying, then that ruins his, his game. Like he had nothing to gain from lying. You know? No, I mean, I, I do think he's lying a little bit too much. Like you can, you can tell the truth a little bit in this game. Mm. And it's just, it's just something that's became increasingly frustrating in, in a sense while okay. watching him just cause I want him to do good. I want, or I want him to do well, I guess is the proper way. I want him to do well in the game because he's my winner pick, but it's like each week I'm like, Josh, what are you doing? You're digging yourself a deeper grave. And what you also know is that the editors are showing us those moments for a reason. Yep. That's not the kind of moment that gets really put in a winner's edit. Oh yeah. I tried yeah. geeking out about oh sorry. I tried geeking out about winner's edit, but at this point I don't really like I don't look out for it as much as I used to. I feel like the last few seasons in podcasts, I'm like, guys, winner's edit. We gotta we gotta focus on that. But like as but like with stuff like this, it's I don't think Josh is set up to win or even make it that far. Oh, I think you if it wasn't for Matthew, I think Josh would have went 100%. This well, time. that's what I wanted to bring up to you guys. If we went to Tribal Council tonight, who would have gone? It, it, I think it would have been Josh. Does anyone disagree? I think it would have been Josh. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the – do we think – the last thing I want to say about the Tika Tribe in this like situation, because we saw Jam Jam and Josh bond over kind of how they grew up and how they came out – Um. And it, it looked like they were forming this bond to make a move against Carolyn. If Josh never pulled out that fake idol that he literally got the beads from the tree mail and he wasn't caught, 
do we think that Jam Jam and Josh would have been stronger? Was that kind of the final straw for Jam Jam to go, okay, this guy is, is he really lying? And is he really this bad at lying right now? I think the straw that broke the camel's back was Carolyn jumping right back to Jam Jam. And Jam Jam knew this and was like, I got my old Carolyn back. I don't think the idol even played a role in it. I think they formed a bond and I think that made them tighter as friends. But just because you're friends with everyone doesn't mean you're allies with everyone, you know? And so I think that's a very important distinction. Well said. Well, we will never know. And now we're going to see how this insanely crazy Tika tribe integrates with everyone else. When we have the merge next week, it's going to be like Carolyn says, there's too many people here. Um, but we're, let's also talk about why I'm becoming a Carolyn stand because we had the journey. Once again, they had the immunity challenge, which was another obstacle course with another puzzle at the end. I mean, I'm just, I'm just done complaining about it. It is what it is. And then they got to pick three people to go on this journey, which I like if you do it every so often and they choose Everybody get ready for the survivors fake survivors scripted stuff because they choose the three people who found the birdcage idol. That's funny. Um, but they get Danny. They pick Danny, Brandon, and Carolyn to go on this journey. I liked this because the journey was different. It wasn't walking up the exact same path. We changed it up. You're going to walk down this beach. And then we found out that there is no advantage. There's no twist. There's nothing. There is the sanctuary. Sit down. Get to know your fellow castaways bond over this meal. Don't worry about looking for anything. There's nothing. I like this because there's a lot of in-depth storytelling storytelling happening with this. There's what are their tribe members going to think? Like how are they going to lie or how are they going to tell the truth? Cause it's automatically going to be assumed that they're lying and that they have something when there really wasn't anything. And it was also nice to see, even though I think the sanctuary is becoming redundant, um, I think it is nice to have like a food reward kind of this early in the game where it's like, just go enjoy yourselves and eat. Um, Will, I'll go to you first here. Uh, what are we thinking about this twist and, and how it all shaped out? So I, I, I'm, I like the twist. I'm not in love with it. I like the sanctuary as much as the next guy, but I love the payoff here. It is so good because I just love Danny and Brandon completely oblivious to the impact they're having on Carolyn and Carolyn like they almost screwed over Josh's game because of how they're talking about each other and how they're like yeah let's be let's be bros and even told Carolyn to her face right there that she's a weaker player and not a threat and Carolyn's just like what what did I do which is crazy when you look at like the past few seasons of Survivor and like who the winners were, like they weren't like they they weren't these buff guys, and so why would like in my opinion that would make Carolyn a bigger th- threat, right? Because we're playing in an era where the uh, big targets are targeted, right? And so Carolyn would be someone you want on your side. You don't want to ostracize her, especially this early, and then screwing over as they put it, a potential ally. It makes no sense. And I love it for that reason. I love sloppy games. I mean, Josh, you're you're a huge Danny fan. Did Danny play this wrong here by just focusing on his relationship bonding with Brandon? And Carolyn's literally sitting in the back and going, I, I'm here too, guys. Am I included in this? <laughs> that puts it lightly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly that's the way the edit wanted to portray it. Um, 
I think Carolyn is going to win this season because I think everybody is going to not take her as seriously as they should. And she's already proven that she's capable of making smart moves at times when they need to be made. And I think that she's going to get to the merge and, you know, she's in a tribe like Jam Jam's her ally, but nobody else really knows her that well yet. Um, and I think that they're going to kind of look at her as like a little kooky, a little eccentric. She's not the biggest. She's not the strongest. You know, Danny, Brandon are obvious threats. Um, I think, you know, Carson and Kane, I think the the, the relationship, right, of Matt and, and Franny, all those people are going to get targeted. And I think Carolyn is just going to kind of pinball her way but then get to the end and, and I think she's going to be capable of making a case for her game. And ultimately that's what it comes down to. Can you make a case for your game at the end? Um, and I think she's getting like, I, I, I agree with you, Will. I don't like to say too much like winners edit. I don't subscribe to like yeah. edgic where I'm like marking every episode, but I think that she's really getting this positive, like underdog, like look at her. She's really doing something out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're showing you that on purpose. But it- Go ahead, Randy. Oh, I was just going to say, Amy adds, just like the members of her tribe, Danny and Brandon underestimated her. They probably figured she'd be gone that night. And I think a lot of that is is true. Do I we think know that, Amy? Uh, I mean, Amy's been a fan of the show for a while. Amy's Hi, my Amy. best one. I want to <laughs> thank you for watching Amy, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. I think she's, she's on to something there. I think that's why they were not really focusing their efforts towards Carolyn because they just assumed at Tribal Council – that she, you know, like why bother? She's definitely going to be going tonight. There was a, a certain moment that I instantly fell in love with Carolyn. And I've kind of been a slow Carolyn person this, this season in terms of falling in love with her slower than everybody else. It's kind of the same thing about Marianne is Marianne. I just thought she was a bit, a bit much for me. I love Marianne, but in the game sense, a bit much for me. But Carolyn, she had this one moment where I saw the switch go from kind of, I don't want to say goofy. I'm myself called goofy, but this kind of wacky personality that she has where she was giving the confessional and she, she flipped and she said, she listed out everything she's done so far. I found an idol. I hid a, a fake idol. It was found. Um, I orchestrated an incredible blindside. And then you just see the tone of her face get super serious. And she said, I will make the merge. And then at the end, you see that smile come back and just, yeah. Like, I just feel like it's giving me like Harley Quinn vibes and I'm loving it. So I love Carolyn. Do I think she can win? Absolutely. Do I think she will win? No. I think Carolyn is going to end up like Ricard, like Shan, like Jesse, and like Omar, because we're seeing a lot of Carolyn, and immediately she's playing a really, really good game. Probably the best game out of the best game out of everyone right now, right? I will stand by that. My only problem is, is I hate to say it, but I how good is she at competitions? She might be good, but I don't know if she can win out at the very end because i think she will become a target i think all it takes is for one person to go hey carolyn no one thought she was a threat she's best friends with everyone 
She's able to play an idol because we know she's going to play an idol eventually. I don't think she's going to hold on to it. If she does, that's an even better statistic to have, right? I think it's very possible that she makes she's going to make a deep 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 run unless something like crazy happens where she breaks an arm at the merge and then you know gets medevaced. But no more medevacs. We're done with medevacs. No more. We hit our quota this season. I do. I, I again. I love Carolyn. I think she can win. I don't think she will win. But I love Carolyn. I wonder. I well, want her yeah, I think we're all Carolyn fans now. Uh, Josh, you have it, something to add? I'm just, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I was like trying to figure out the right way to put this because it feels like there are now at this point sort of strata from an editing perspective. And this is, this is not the third time I'm talking about editing, but like mm-hmm. when you think about, you know, usually the winner's tale, the winner is somewhat forefront in the season because typically, other than maybe a Natalie White, they don't want it to be an under the radar win they want to show you this is why that person won mm-hmm. and so when i think about when i'm looking at who's left and i think about who we're really getting to see a lot of and that's carolyn it's danny franny it's jam jam i wouldn't even put franny it's jam jam and then maybe maybe carson i think kane's getting quite a bit too well but then okay then i think like kane franny matt not now, J- Josh are kind of in that next one. Mm. And then I feel like Heidi and Lauren and even Brandon the last few episodes and Jamie a good bit too. We really haven't gotten to see like that much of from a strategy perspective. And part of it's because Soka hasn't gone to tribal more than once. Um, Ratu has only gone once as well. So I think part of it is just that we've seen so much of Tika. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like they're certainly emphasizing certain players. Like Heidi's been really under the radar right now. They showed us with a, her with a few great moments early, and mm-hmm. I can't tell if that's because we're just pre-merge and it's like everything's going to change in the next three episodes, and we're suddenly going to start seeing a lot more of these people we hadn't seen much of, or if that's just because that's the group of people that are going to end up in sixth, seventh, eighth, where they yeah. never really make that push. But at the same time, too, we're talking in an era where Erica's the winner. And she had how many confessionals pre-merge because she never went to tribal, you know? So if it was like season, you know, 30, I would agree with that. But I think Survivor now is allowing for more under the radar gameplay. And so I would not count out people like Franny, people like uh, Heidi or or even Brandon. Actually, I would count out Brandon. But, you know, I... Or I wrote in my notes at one point. I said uh, before Brandon ended up going on the journey. I literally wrote in all caps for the. I think when the challenge was going on, is Brandon even on this season? He's getting the purple edit, unfortunately. I'd say Heidi gets it has an even more purple. Edit. Uh, yeah, I can see that because at least Brandon. It's like we don't see him talk, but I still see him a lot in the episode because he's in the challenges. He's a big guy, and so he's always in the. But I never see Heidi. So and I'm through, actively looking for her. Through last episode, Heidi had a total of seven confessionals, and I don't think she had one today. And that was her and Kane were the only two in single digits, and Kane had a bunch of screen time tonight. So she's mm-hmm. pretty Probably. solidly by far getting the few getting the least amount of confessionals. And I can tell you, having met Heidi and knowing Heidi, she's a great person. So it's not like she's boring. Um yeah. 
it's just I think we'll know not, a lot more in the next two episodes. I will Soka's say not going to tri- uh, to tribal is exactly what's mm-hmm. happening there. Um, let's get into to Matthew's exit here because I know we haven't spoke really about that yet. We we spoke a little bit about how we wish um, we could have seen him actually exit the game. Josh, you said you don't think it made that much of a difference when the challenge happened after we came back from that commercial break and we saw the the medical team, the doctor talking to Matthew. Did we assume then that he was going to go home or did it take a little bit while to set in? Cause I, I'm shaking my head with Josh. I was like, this guy's going home. They had the sad music playing. You could see how much pain. He, I was shocked. They didn't pull him then. I was yeah. shocked. They didn't pull him right there. I think the whole episode, they were setting it up. And so mm-hmm. that's why I don't think we needed to see that moment because I actually yeah. think they did it. I think it was a smart editing choice just to kind of like tease it out. And Randy, to your point, when you're like, Hey, there's only five minutes left. What's going on here. I think that proves that it was smart editing because we were just sort of so engrossed in I the tribal dynamics that, that you yeah. don't really think about it when you're like, I said, you know, I was, I was watching with my wife Aurora and we were just like, wait, this has been going on a while. What's going on? And that's when I was like, Oh, Matt's going home. <laughs> so I think the fact I think all right, maybe it's one of two things, right? Maybe just like his departure moment wasn't that good for whatever reason. Maybe it was, you know, he just was like, all right, I'm getting on a boat by maybe there wasn't that much crying. I, I can't, I don't know exactly, no. but maybe, maybe they just decided it wasn't that, but I think it's more the fact that they'd made it pretty clear that he was in a lot of pain and he was going to go home. So why not just sort of tell have- it to us a different way rather than just show us that same yeah. scene that we've seen the doctor come and it's like, all right, I have a crackpot theory. If y'all want to listen, what if, what if after the challenge, Matthew goes back to camp, right? Cause he needs time to think. And what if he decides, Hey, I want to walk. I don't, I can't do this anymore. He still has the idol. What if he gave it to someone? And what mm-hmm. if they were trying to hide that for the merge? Cause the merge is a huge episode. And what if at the merge, we're going to see a flashback scene because Survivor loves flashback scenes. And we see like Carson like, yeah, so when Matthew walked, you know, we got he gave me this thing and it's the idol, you know, it, it's possible. Actually, I not, a, not a crackpot theory at all. I was I ready didn't. to be like, what stupidity are you talking about? <laughs> that could be that's totally valid. I didn't even think about that. Like, I feel bad. I was just getting everything set up to go live and all and all that, but I didn't mm-hmm. even I totally forgot that he has an idol. Yep. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, when when he you know got medevaced, yep. I didn't even think, oh shoot, what's gonna happen with the idol now? I just didn't even cross my mind. Maybe that's because we have so many in the game. That I just yeah. lost track of it. Um, Amy, keeping the chat alive, I'll say that. She said, love you guys. We love you too. Uh, she's been supporting for, for a long time. And then she also says, Matthew was a good player. I hope he comes back with Bruce. Um, we know Bruce is already coming back. I feel like if Bruce is coming back, Matt has to come back. Nothing against Bruce, but like Matt was so entertained. Josh, you disagree? <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I disagree. I I disagree to me. My my that was my immediate reaction. I thought about it for a second. The only thing with Matthew, and I, I don't want to come on him too hard for this because you're going on Survivor to have an adventure. He kind of did it to climbed, him. He climbed a giant rock <laughs> with no climbing materials and no shoes on on Survivor on day two. Like I, I think he would deserve a chance. 
Yes. And I like him and I would certainly like to see how he plays it, you know, with two arms. Um, but I don't think it's quite the same in that Bruce was just going hard during a challenge and, you know, just didn't quite get his head below enough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Bruce never, very right. And that's the thing is like, you could bring Bruce back on a season of all newbies cause he didn't even play. Yeah. He didn't have, um, the, the fact that Matt like climbed that rock and fell (laughs) off it, like, yeah, it's a little bit like he don't deserve that, right? But but there's more agency that's his fault than it is Bruce's fault. Josh would Listen, never I, climb that rock. You never see. No, Josh I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I will. I have a fear I will, of heights. I will say that there's a theory. I'll just put it out there that there might be something on top of the rock. I can't say more than that. But that I that surely production would never put. I can't there. imagine that's no. like way surely. too much bodily injury. Uh, we, we, risk. we didn't exactly. We we didn't talk about this before we go to break here. Um, we didn't talk about this when ta- speaking about the sanctuary, or maybe someone said it and I just missed it. Do we think because Carolyn brought up the fact to Danny and Brandon that Josh played, he got a an idol from the journey last time. And this made Danny and Brandon go, okay, that means that Jamie has one and that means Carson has one. How much do we think this is going to affect the game moving forward now that those two have that information? The idols get canceled, so and they know that. So Do they know that? Yeah, Carolyn said the uh idols Oh, until they come oh, together, that's right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, so they so it could be a lack of trust, but did they trust the idol holders anyways? Like, not really. Maybe Carson, but like, I don't know. Now I, I don't think it, I do. Rem- I do remember that part of the episode where they were like, uh, until they man. all come together or something like that. Exactly. I was just too busy paying attention to the food is what I was doing. But all right, we're going to take we are we're still here. We are we are still going to be here talking, breaking this all down. We talked about kind of the post game when we come back. We're going to speak a little bit about Ratu. We haven't spoken about the Carson relationships with everybody. And then also maybe a little about what's going on with Soka and what their outlook is moving forward. But real quick, we're going to take a quick break. If you are a Survivor geek like I am, you should tune into our show on Survivor Now every single Friday. My name is Tegwood, and my friend David and I come out with Survivor Social every single Friday. Now, what is Survivor Social? Great question. That is a great question. Essentially, we break down literally everything in the episode that you just saw on Wednesday. We go through point by point what happened, what didn't happen, what they showed, what they didn't show, what we wanted to see, pretty much everything. But it's all around the social game. We are big Survivor geeks. Are you a Survivor geek? Because if you're listening to Survivor Now, you probably are. Um, We just kind of want to know how the social aspect of the game goes into the greater sense of Survivor and the winners and everything about that. So we break it down. We break it down with just us two sometimes, but also we have some really amazing guests like our friends, also fellas Survivor geeks, but also past Survivor players are breaking down with us. It is so much fun, fun. So every single Friday, tune in to Survivor Social because it is a 10 out of 10. I will see you there. Survivor Social, it airs every Friday morning, if I can even get my words out, at 9 a.m. It is a great way to get your cereal going, get your toast going, your eggs, your bacon, whatever you're eating in the moment. 
in the morning, in the morning, it came Mold. out in my, my, my country twang in the morning. Uh, it's an awesome watch. They last week, if you missed last week's episode, they had Omer. Um, now David is out sick this week, but we do have a special guest coming on. His name is Ian. He knows the game incredibly well. And I know they're going to put together an incredible show. Josh, Will, have either of you? I mean, you can say no. You can be honest. But have you checked out Survivor Social yet? I don't even watch. I, I don't even listen to podcasts. I got be really... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? I'm going on spring break soon. So I was thinking about asking, like, hey, should I hop on an episode of Survivor Social just to see what's going on? But now I feel bad. I don't ask that. <laughs> I mean, well, they would they would love to have you. What what about you, Josh? Will needs to learn to lie to support the brand. For example, <laughs> yes, I've seen every episode of Survivor Social. Tegwith and David do a fantastic Josh, job. A must listen. Josh, what have I taught you earlier? Sometimes it's okay to tell the truth. We saw that with the other Josh. Okay. Yeah, Josh? you're telling the truth now. And now we're gonna vote you off the show, is what <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyways, let's like... get back to the main show. Yep. <laughs> definitely right. check it out yeah everyone's wondering where abe is at and everything yeah um but no he'll he'll be back uh another week <laughs> we well. haven't but even addressed that to... we're like 30 minutes uh, in like oh yeah abe. <laughs> <laughs> sorry abe he's uh he's he's somewhere he's doing abe he's fine. Things. he knows we care about him <laughs> if abe was here, he'd uh, yeah. be like let me tell you something survivor producers they care about us so they would never hide something <clears throat> on that giant rock and i'd be like okay abe. oh man yeah, it un unlock your inner Abe there. So, yes, let's talk about the other two tribes here and maybe what stood out. We don't have to go through everything because, Josh, I think you mentioned it earlier. This is a great episode in terms of what people have been begging to see from Survivor for a while now, and that's tribe dynamics. We want to see these goofy moments. We want to see uh, some things on the screen that's just them living out in the wilderness that really don't have anything to do with the game. We want to see this... I think I called it Frathu. We want to see this Frathu relationship. I was trying to come combine the name. names. It's it was an either awful go, name. Go it's back either, to the drawing board, man. It's it's either Frathu or it's um Manny. Manny. Yeah, and I thought no, Manny man, like people Manny hate, is definitely better than Frathu. We yeah. want to name name their relationship off Manny. of a talking woolly mammoth from ice age do we really want to do that yes. so i thought frathu was the way to go it's but anyway let them they would love that <laughs> josh let's go to you first what stood out to you from both these other tribes ratu and soka that you really want to bring up and talk about wait i have one more frathu sounds like the worst selling drink at starbucks I'm drinking my breath. All right, I'm going back to the right. board. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, what was your question again? Uh, <laughs> what stood out to you from from what was happening at Soka and what was happening at Ratu that you want to speak on? Um, I think we're just seeing generally like good connections forming, and what I think that's doing is setting us up for a really interesting post merge because or just merge uh, because I think what you're seeing is like, okay, Carson's got these really good relationships. He's going to have the good relationships on Tika. They're going to try to pull him back in, but he's making good, you know, relationships with Lauren, with Kane. Um, and they're tight now. And I think what he was with Matthew as well, before Matthew uh, had to leave and same thing, obviously the Soka tribe is super tight um, with the meditation and all of that. They're five out of the 12. There's a chance they could stick together for at least a couple votes. I'm curious if that could actually be a final five type of alliance if they if they can hold together. Because um, you, you know Franny and Matt are going to stick together. 
Danny, Danny and Heidi. Yeah, Danny and, and Heidi, but Jamie also with the yoga stuff. And it's just like they've got a really good bond that no other group that size has. So I think what they're showing us is like, hey, there's some really strong relationships and actual friendships. And, you know, Franny saying I would date Matt, like everybody like, duh, you know, like, you want to no, date I him thought, now. I thought she was going to say for a second she wouldn't because she had a confessional where she was like, I don't have a crush on Matt. And I was in the midst of typing what what and then she instantly was like no i i date matt yeah and and i I thought they were gonna kiss when they hugged i thought they were about to kiss the kissing what what do we see next week did are we just assuming in the like next week's preview that that's them holding hands i I I missed that shot it was very a very quick shot it was at night and you saw these two people like locking hands and just being like this kind of and mm-hmm. I just assumed it was them. I'm still shocked now. Granted, it's because Soka really hasn't gone back to tribal. But myself, I'm still shocked that they aren't bigger targets in the game. And they're still in the game. I think, so here's the thing. When it comes to Manny, as I like to call them now, thank you for that. I think the reason why they're so, so successful is because I think we saw a little bit of this. But I don't think Matthew has a lot of stock in the game. I don't think anyone is really looking at him as a huge player. And I think if they do go to tribal and if he lives, it's more because of Franny than Matthew's own volition. I think I wrote in my notes. I think he's just playing pretty sheepishly sheepishly as uh, Jamie, I believe was referring to. Now, Jamie had the misstep of telling Franny this, which was hilarious. Um, But I think Matthew's biggest blunder is also why he could survive for a while and why they're not because if they were both like these huge strategic tour de forces and they were like linking up every like they might throw the challenge to get them out but there is a reason why they're also haphazardly and they're like oh well matthew he's just kicking rocks doing whatever he's doing his best you know now, we we talk about soka and i agree with you with everything you just said will but we're talking about soka I want. I kind of was leaning more towards what was happening at Ratu because of what okay. you said earlier, Josh. Um, I just wanted to kind of touch base with that. Carson, I think, is in a really interesting position, and I almost think that Carson is in a better position with Ratu than he was with Tika. Because with Tika, we've seen how much of a mess they are, and yes, Carson, I think maybe could have navigated himself, but out of between Jamie, Josh, and Carson. Carson has done the best job to really integrate himself into that Ratu tribe. And as you stated, Josh, he has all these relationships. I'm interested to see which one, who he works with moving forward. I would have thought that Matt would have been his best path forward. And now it's kind of like, where does he go now? Who does that leave left? That leaves Brandon himself, Kane. I'm missing someone. Lauren. Lauren, thank you. Yeah, remember her? She's still in this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lauren. Now I now I remember her. So where does he go moving forward? And I gotta be honest with you, I am all for this this um nerdy alliance, whatever you want to call it. Like I am all nerd for what, the nerd turd. By the way, Carolyn nerd. was the one that said that that line. She's now said back to back lines. Oh, winner yeah. edit. No. Winner edit. <laughs> No, I was referring to certainly a returner edit. Oh, yeah, definitely a returner edit. Will, you had something to add on there? No, I was saying the nerd herd is an alliance from Big Brother 6. And so, shout out to whoever caught that. 
<laughs> well, we can add them to Survivor because I I really think that Carson and mm-hmm. Kane moving forward could be a really really interesting duo. Imagine like a final three with Carson, Matt, Kaylin. and well, Carol, Carolyn, yeah, but I was just trying to say the big. Oh, it, yeah. it goes to say, I, I continue to say, is this the season with the most nerds? Like it, it's it's the season of the nerds with the Dungeons and Dragons. I'm loving all of it. But if you guys have seen the ticker at the bottom of the screen, uh, we have a couple new segments that we will be doing, and now we're going to attempt to pick and agree on who was the best episode of the season or best episode of the season. I totally messed that up. The best player of the episode Uh, we we don't we don't have to agree but let us know in the comments who you guys think is the best um player of the episode and we'll try to get that in here um let's start with uh josh let's start with you who was the player of the episode for you it's really kind of tough to pick one this week because we didn't have an actual gameplay um no not really i will i will add while you think there I got probably Carson just for his relationships because I don't know who else you would really pick. <laughs> the glasses nerd alliance, you know, I'm feeling that with the glasses. Um, I mean, Carson, yes, I think That's... Carson's a glass cannon. I think one conversation could ruin Carson, Carson's game. It takes one person to be like, Yeah, so Carson, he's like really trustworthy, and like he's my he told me he's my number one, like we're good. And then someone else would be like, no, he's playing all sides. And then they'd be like, all right, well, he's a he's good at everything. Let's just vote him out. I, I won't I'm gonna Carson throw would. out I'm gonna throw out a name and we can debate this because Carson did, I think, have a good episode in terms of <clears throat> social strength, because he was able to integrate himself mm-hmm. in that tribe even more. Um, I actually was thinking this as well. And Jay, thank you for saying it in, in the comments. He said, I would say jam jam. Same. And I do think that is a good pitch because after last week, it looked like jam jam was going to be on the bottom of Tika. Right. And he was able not only to finally crack with Josh because Josh was like giving him the, excuse my language, the bitch face. <laughs> and, and he was like, well, what's up with this? And he was able to get in with Josh by sharing each other's stories. And then it looked like they had this duo to get out Carolyn, but then Carolyn came back and fell right into jam jams arms. So I I feel like jam jam, this episode did a really great job of rebuilding the bridge that kind of broke down after last week. Something I love about what jam jam did and rebuilding his trust with Carolyn key still was firm but was able to show that they can rebuild i think that's important i feel like if jam jam immediately told carolyn like oh it doesn't matter we're still good best friends even though you lied to me i think that could have lit a red flag in carolyn's mind because she'd be like well why is jam jam just so willing to trust me after i screwed him over right because that's how i would think and i'm the greatest survivor player to never play right (laughs) um but it's just wild and it shows how (laughs) which is <laughs> how great jam jam was because he went from being on the outs to then being the power player even though we all thought that it would be uh carolyn this episode to dictate who goes when in reality it ended up being and it ended up being luck right because of matthew and his uh shoulder but it still showed that he was able to become the power player and dictate who would have gone had they actually go to tribal yeah, I mean, Jay says it right here. I, I, I'm curious to see if 
Will, you and I have convinced Josh to that maybe Jam Jam is the player of the episode. Jam Jam was able to get himself back into the power position after we, he was on the bottom following last week's episode. Josh, have we convinced you? Are you still sticking strong with Carson was this week's player of the week? Let's yeah, debate, Josh. I, I mean, he got himself into a power position. Like, is that <laughs> technically true? Yes. Is it a three-person tribe? Also, yes. Did one of those three people pull out a fake idol that was immediately <laughs> seen as a fake idol? Also, also, yes. So, like, did Jam Jam end himself in a better position this episode than he did the previous episode? Right, sure. But I also would think Carson did. And, yeah, I just, like, think Jam Jam's... What is Carson coming to Bill, man? Car- yeah, Carson, his number one ally was Matthew, the guy who just got medevaced. Like, what? Well, he had, what do you, he had Kane as well. And Kane, Kane, Kane as well. We talk about his, like, great social strategicness, but, like, Kane and, my and guess Matthew is, were his But I think team. the point is that Carson has embedded himself well in another tribe. And not only that, because Tika is so small, it's not like he was left Soka for Ratu and they're going to be like, oh, man, he could have been part of our five or six, and now he's part of their five, four. Um but instead, or, or potentially five, if you look at like maybe if Jamie's still with them or or, or whatnot. But um, I think because Tika is so small, it it'll be less obvious that Carson is playing both sides. Uh, he could just sort of integrate himself in the Rat Two Alliance. So I think that's a really good move. I I, I just think he's going to be a huge. I think he's going to be the de facto huge threat for like early merge he's going to be like the one guy everyone wants to take out to add to the resume which is different to how i described carolyn because i think carolyn will be the move people need to win the game i think carson's going to be the person people want to vote out just to stack their resume i think it's going to be danny but he's got the idol Mm. i am super worried about danny heading into the merge i'm more worried about uh brandon actually i think brandon's going to go either at the merge or right after I think will, I think Brandon could, or I think Danny could still stick around for a little bit. We will I, know a lot about the way this season is going to go from the very next vote. No, I agree definitely. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's time to get into our final segment of the episode, and that is anything that we miss. By the way, go ahead. It's called we're calling it around the campfire. Ask us all your burning questions now. If you guys have any questions about this week's episode, what's going on outside, any questions you have, we are all sitting around the campfire here. We are all sharing our stories and we're going to kind of use this time also to recap everything and kind of wrap up here is what I'm trying to say. But is there anything else from this episode that you want to point out? Uh, And while you guys think I'll throw out something here when Jeff and this is the time that we can just gossip when (laughs) Jeff went to the Tika tribe to tell them that Matt was out of the game. You know, just normal. Ah, oh, darn. There were some funny moments here, like Josh claps and then instantly was like, oh, wait, I'm I'm sorry. He's out of the game <laughs> as well. And and Carolyn had an iconic line where she's like, no. And then Josh was like, what? And he just and she just replies with, I wanted to vote you out, <laughs> which I yeah. thought was very upfront and funny. The thing that stood out to me, though, is I put in our in my notes. All right, Jeff, we get it. Where he he basically had to explain, like you could tell he was trying to get it to the to the point where the audience understood. Like if you were just watching Survivor for the first time, he had all of them, and he's like, "I mean, this completely opens the game for you guys. Like you you don't have to vote someone out now. 
Like you were going to go to tribal, but now you're not going to tribal. And I was just like, I couldn't even imagine being there in that moment and being like, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's we get it. We know how the game works. So I, I thought that was just funny and I had to point it out. So I think you said that before. I think with, as the longer survivor goes, there's a lot of like insane theories we hear over the years, right? I'm going to establish one right now. Jeff Probst is a robot who barely <laughs> understands human emotions and basic human interactions. We see this a lot with the family visits and how <laughs> Jeff is like, so how does it feel being next to your brother you haven't seen in three years? And they're crying. And I'm like, Jeff, you don't have to, you don't have to describe family dynamics. And that's what it feels like, especially with like the later <laughs> seasons go on. Jeff's like, so this is huge in Survivor because Josh, you were almost going, but now you're staying. I'm just picturing someone tuning in for the show. They're like, oh, wow, Survivor Now podcast. Let's see what this is about. And the first, uh, let's see what this is about. And the very first thing they hear is, I think Jeff Probst is a robot. <laughs> it's a robot. <laughs> now let me tell y'all why I think Jeff Probst is an alien. <laughs> Oh my, my god. Commentary uh, uh, episode's been on point. Uh Jay Jay's got something to add here. He's got a question. Did you guys notice that all three of the players who went to the sanctuary were the three players who got the cage idol on their original tribes? Totally. Yes, uh, and we mentioned it. Yes, we did mention it earlier. I mean, we know people are going to be <laughs> we know that people are going to come out of the woodworks to say survivor is scripted. I think it's just a funny coincidence. I think mm -hmm. they didn't even bring it up. I think yeah, maybe if they if they brought it up, it would have been more. Yeah. Well, uh, th this is kind of funny, but no, they didn't even. How would that have even? Hey, uh, <laughs> did, did either of you happen to you know maybe like open the birdcage? Like just you know. Yeah. You, how would that? They you, they probably mentioned it. They're like, oh yeah, so like, how'd y'all react to the birdcage? I guarantee you, every single one of them were like, oh, you know, we saw it, you know, nothing happened. Yeah, la di la di da, right. <laughs> No, no, definitely. And Amy, Amy's got a question for us as well. Josh, I'll ask you. Or no, you don't watch Survivor Australia, but do you think U.S. Survivor re reuses too many challenge components? Survivor Australia is taking the Survivor world by storm, and U.S. is kind of a little stale in terms of challenges. Yes, we've mentioned this before, and mm. I think Jeff Probst mentioned this. I hate to be shouting out another podcast, but the On Fire podcast with Jeff Probst, which... I listened to two episodes and I've now stopped. Um, but he did. Real fan. <laughs> yeah. Did, but he did mention how he wants players to be practicing and he wants players to be prepared for these challenges. So that's why they continue to reuse these challenges is because he likes the whole part that people are like, oh, I made this in my backyard. Oh, I have a, I have this at home. He loves that. Josh, so I guess I will go to you to answer that question. I mean, is this really not a good thing? Or sh sh does Jeff have a reason to be super excited about reusing these challenges and having people kind of actually train to take part in them? Well, it can be both. But no, I don't think it's a good thing because it just ends up where every one of these challenges is this huge obstacle course. And now you know, I'm going back and watching a few old seasons as I feel like I always am at some point. And, you know, you just start to see... Yeah, were there always some obstacle courses? Absolutely there were. But, like, there was also some memory testing games and some puzzle games and just other sorts of things that were just different. And I know that's not as exciting. It's not as big. It's not as loud. And the Jeff 
Kropos has made it clear, like, that's what he likes. He likes the big television moment. Um, I think he's become clear that that's what his primary, you know, that's his first thought process. And I don't think that's anything that's, like, different from how it's been for 20 years. I think, if you know, I mean, my wife and I watch The Bachelor. I think they go for the same thing. They want the mm-hmm. big TV moment. They're, the Bachelor is not sitting there to be like, oh, let's find somebody some love, just like Survivor isn't sitting there being like, oh, let's actually find who the best Survivor is. Survivor is there to create television moments to wow you, commercialize, to advertise, all those sorts of things. Um, You would hope that that wouldn't be the driving force, but that's the world we live in these days. So I think it's just sort of the natural consequence of if, if you're thinking about putting in advantages for the sole purpose of how can this create a moment for television, then you're going to lead to well, why should we have this challenge? That's just people walking up and picking up a basket when we could have a challenge. That's people almost drowning or people almost <laughs> passing out or people almost dying or whatever it is. Um, they're going to go to that challenge a hundred times out of a hundred. So I think what part of it is too, I think Jeff probes robotic Jeff loses touch on what the viewers want because i'm sure if i was the host of survivor i would want people to have that enthusiasm i want people like i'd want people to be like oh i made this challenge i'm a huge fan jeff love survivor and that's how probe has always been since day one i will never knock him on that as someone sitting at home i don't really care you know it's like i love matthew but him building a challenge in his backyard didn't make me love him more you know i was just like okay because like even then, I don't mind repeated challenges. It's just I want there to still be some variety and some new challenges. You know, it's like when they brought back the 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 almost drowning challenge. I forgot what it's called. Uh, last and breath. Yeah. Last breath. Everyone or last loved gasp that. or something. Last. Like, it was something weird. But like everyone loved that challenge. Everyone loved it. Like to see it back. And so I think with that positive reaction, I think it could because even then it could lead to Jeff Probst, like cool Jeff Probst moments where super fans are like, oh, my God, this is my favorite challenge from season three. No, I was going to say that if, yeah, if, if if anything, like I just watched Survivor Guatemala not too long ago, that would be if, if they brought back like I know it would make no sense, but if they brought back like the challenge where they had to make the Mayan calendar or or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh, I remember that challenge. I, you know, mm-hmm. they've done, they've only done it one time. Or maybe the final immunity challenge, they bring back the one from uh, Survivor Exile Island, where, you know, you basically just have to stand in the water on these platforms and balance mm-hmm. yourself. It's the one where Terry Deeds lost. So I, I think if... if <laughs> I had to bring if, that up. <laughs> I had to, yeah, just to... Just to drive home which one. I think if you brought back challenges like that, like mm-hmm. you said, to be like, wow, like it's a, it's a connection to the fans. It, it brings back memories and people are suckers for nostalgia in, in today's yep. era. <laughs> what, what are you doing down here, Josh? R2, Jeff, too. Jeez. <laughs> I knew once you could add name tags and stuff, this is going to be a problem. Uh, we got one more question and then we'll wrap up here. Uh, well, it's we have three questions, but. I, I will wrap them into one here. So J.E. says, do y'all think Earn the Merge is coming back next week? And then he also adds, and who do you guys think is in the best position on each tribe heading into the Merge? So we'll give our answers here. I actually don't think Earn the Merge is coming back. I don't know. Hot take. 
I don't think it's going to be there. I don't know. Something about the preview told me they were just going to merge. Plus, they've already lost two people this season. So I don't know mm-hmm. if – I don't know how the numbers play out. Maybe they're just like, hey, we've already lost two people. Look at who we got left. Let's just throw them into a merge together. I don't know. And, and then I'll also say the person that I think is in the best position is Carson. I do think he's got – he has, there's no reason for Carolyn not to trust him. So when they get back together, he's got that mm-hmm. option. There's no reason for Jam Jam not to trust him. He obviously has Kane. I think there's many routes that Carson can go here and many decisions he can take. And I don't think that he's going to be target number one entering next week's vote. Uh, Will, I'll go to you for, for what you think heading into the merge next week. So I'll actually answer the question because what you missed was Jay was asking the best person from each tribe. Oh, I you yeah, asked me, that. Carson Don. It's okay. It, I think so on Soka, this is a hot take. I agree with you on the other two. I think Carson and and uh, Carolyn have the best shot. This is a bit of a hot take. I think Franny has a really good status in the tribe. The reason for it is because we're going into the merge where both Danny and Brandon are going to link up and they're going to try to pull in Josh. And we have Carolyn who is going to try to swing them together. And I remember we talked about earlier with how uh, what's the tribe that's going to be like a huge like alliance of five Soka, how they're like happy together. I don't think so, because I think there's a lot of duos on that tribe and I think they will be fractured instantly. Right. And so I think Franny, it will outlast because I think she might lose Matt early in the merge. I don't think Matt's going to go far that much. I love Matt, but I don't want to be a hole. But I think Franny has the best potential in that tribe. And I, I'm rooting for Franny. I like Franny. Josh, what about you? Are, are you going to answer it more my way or actually answer it the right way <laughs> like <laughs> Will did there? When you were talking about how Carson's in the best position, I wanted to be like, you mean player of the episode, Carson, who put himself in the best nope. position? <laughs> um, All right, he, nope. he's convinced me. We haven't went to tribal yet. I'm on Josh's side. Anyways, take it away, Josh. Yes. Um, take I'm that, Jay, in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna cost a lot of viewers. I love you, Jay. I don't even know who you are, but you're great, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I think Carson, I think here's an underdog pick. I think actually Heidi might be in the best position on her tribe just because she might be the lowest threat level. Um, in that she's not Manny, uh, she's not Danny. And is that the whole tribe? That's the whole tribe, right? Um mm-hmm. oh, and she's not Jamie. But I just think Heidi's in a better position to be a good player than Jamie is. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with with Heidi there. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody that's in a best position on uh, Soka. Right. Yeah, Tika. Oh, sorry. you're talking Tika. Um, probably Carolyn, but there's only three of them, and I think her and Jam Jam are probably even. Just I was looking at the last season. So the last few seasons they've done the fake merge at 13, uh, and then the real merge at 12. Um, so you, if they were going to do a fake merge, that would have been this episode. It didn't happen. So I'm assuming we're done with the fake merge, but mm-hmm. it, we could also be playing for it at 12 and then going to the real merge at 11. Oh man. I just I'm just saw kidding. Jay, I love you. <laughs> I just, I also just, I saw your love you, Randy comment, Josh, and instantly gets a raise. <laughs> yeah. Now, now my you, salary. I yes. yet. What? Yeah, he gets a high five now. Like, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything in this episode. 
Um, so I'll start the wrap up here. And basically, we have some exciting stuff on the Wait, hold on. I I do want to interrupt because Jay is right. They did the fake merge at 12 and 41 and 42. So I was wrong. So they did. They just changed the fake merge. So they could still be doing the fake merge. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. I'm I'm keeping an eye on this Josh and Jay alliance. Let me just let you know. But we have the Jay and Josh show coming next week. (laughs) Josh, not Josh, Jay. We do have some exciting content on the way for you guys. So Survivor Australia Heroes versus Villains wrapped up. Uh, I'm going to give a spoiler. So if you haven't watched it yet, I guess tune off or tune out or whatever. Tune off. I never said that before. Anyways, we did have an a winner interview with the winner of Survivor Australia Heroes versus Villains, Liz Parnov. I Yeah, it was amazing. I absolutely love her even more. So make sure to go check that out. This Friday, we are going to be live on YouTube. Yeah, this isn't just Wednesdays. This is an every time thing pretty much now. We are going to be live on YouTube, breaking down the finale week with Mike Turner from season 42. He is back already. And Chantel Francis from Rob has a podcast. So she might be able to give me some some podcasting tips. So yeah, the first Rob has a podcast member to come on the show. Um, I cannot wait to break down this finale week with them. So definitely tune into that. If you're a survivor Australia fan, uh, Josh, are we, should I share who we might have next week? Do we, uh, let's, let's, let's keep it under wraps for let's now. Save it. Let's save it's it. It's a fan favorite. It's a fan favorite. We, we might have a special guest next week, Josh, yeah, uh, without giving anything away. How excited are you? I am very excited for this person, but I want to make sure that they're coming before I start promising. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I asked. I'm like, we might. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, and go to our Instagram at Survivor Now Podcast and check out the new trailer for the reboot of Total Drama Island. I guess it's coming back. Yes, we are going to be covering that. I don't know who's going to be doing the show with me, but we will have Will might be doing it. I know, Will, you mentioned potentially doing it. Um, I know Marianne and Zach tweeted about it and said that they really want to do a podcast about Total Drama Island. So I'm trying to get them on to do this show with us as well. But they did uh, release the preview today, so make sure to go check that out. Thank you guys for having patience with us today as we figure out uh, the the whole live feature. I I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, gentlemen, oh, before we log off here, anything else you want to say about either the episode, what's coming up, or about this whole new live adventure that we've, we've set ourselves on? So I just want to say, I think this is probably the most childish episode we've ever had as a podcast. <laughs> and it's been a blast to record. It's probably my favorite one so far. Like the back and forth, the arguments with J.E. and chat. It's so good. I mean, Jay already said this was good. Hope to see you all next week. You'll see at least some of us. But Josh, uh, what about you, man? Any last last minute comments here before we before we vote, apparently? Yeah, no, I haven't had any fun this episode whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. He Get out of here. You will never see Josh again. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will be back next Wednesday to recap Survivor 44, Episode 6, apparently the merge or so we know it thanks
and then the gong comes in at the end. 